بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ چنائی از دا ٹوینٹیتھ آف جنوری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی موڈ آن of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik, radiyallahu. So moving on to another subsection in which we will be spending a few sessions, inshallah, and that is with regards to a glimpse into his phenomenal worship. So let us now take a glimpse into the truly extraordinary worship of this noble man, starting first with the glorious deed of Salah. In Sifat al-Safwa, Volume 1 For Mama Ibn Abdullah Ibn Anas Rahmatullah He said Sayyidina Anas Radiyallahu He would offer Salah And he would remain standing For such a long time Until the skin on his feet Would split Sayyidina Anas Radiyallahu Who would offer Salah And he would remain standing For such a long time Until the skin on his feet Would split In another wording, the same narrator, Rahmatullah, said, Sayyidina Anas radiyallahu used to pray so much so that his feet would start to bleed as a result of standing for such a long time in Salah. Mm. Recorded by Hafiz Zahabi, Rahmatullah, in his Seer 3-400. So again, we can't even say we've experienced or seen this. I haven't seen anybody who's prayed that his feet start to bleed. <laughs> The furthest we probably go is a person gets a bit uncomfortable standing for maybe, you know, a certain amount of time. Well, the report says his feet would split and his feet would bleed. So there's no contradiction. Once you get, you know, the cracks in the feet, the blood sometimes follows. So note, he was engrossed in Salat and he loved to stand. Why? Because there's a hadith on the Prophet Wasallam said that the most... exalted salat the best salat is the one with the long standing this is in the sunans with the sahih channel transmission so that's the hadith so was Anas imbibing, imbibing this he certainly was indeed one should not find this at all strange for Anas who would go into a state of serene bliss when he offered his salat about which our beloved messenger had very informatively said Verily the Salah is in and of itself a blissful occupation. This is in Ibn Majah, number 1019. Imam Tahawi in his Sharh Ma'ani Al-Athar, number 2720, with a Sahih channel transmission. So this is the, the relevant part of the Hadith. Verily the Salah is itself shughulah, a blissful occupation. So now, to understand what this hadith means, you have to look at what the word shughl means. The same verb shughl is used for the residents of paradise, where they will be eternally enjoying themselves. In Abu Nu'im in his Sifat al-Jannah, number 375, Al-Bidayah, Ad-Dur al-Mantur, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, Hafiz ibn Qayyim in his Hadi al-Arwah, page 218 of the English translation. 
Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Abbas and many others. They recited this verse in Surah Yasin, Surah 36, verse 55. Verily the companions of paradise shall that day be occupied with blissful things. They explained, meaning that the male believers will be busy in the defloration of virgin women. SubhanAllah. Meaning that the male believers will be busy in the defloration of virgin women. So let's look at this. So the Quran mentions, Inna ashab al-jannatil yawma fi shughalin faqihun. Verily the companions of the garden, meaning paradise, shall be on that day be occupied with shughul. Shughulin. The companions of the Prophet said, meaning that the blissful thing is that the male believers is busy in defloration of virgin women, i.e. the greatest physical pleasure you can experience. So that word the Prophet used for salah. So there is the hawla. What did the Prophet say? Inna fis salati shughula. Salat is in and of itself shughula. So, putting it bluntly, do we get as much pleasure in offering salat as that intimacy you get with your wife or what your right hand possesses? So, 99.9% of us are going to say, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, that is how Precious Salat is if you offer it with understanding. So go back to Anas. So when we hear the report, his feet started bleeding. You know, because we, we don't understand. We think, oh, he, right, okay. He's fighting his nafs. Mm. No, he's not. So what do you mean he's not fighting? Why is he he's bleeding? He's, a, he's oblivious. Why is he oblivious? Because he's in shughul. The guy doesn't know what you're talking about. Right? He goes, shughul, what, what's this? And he goes, the blissful occupation. Then you go to the verse of the Quran, then something finally drops. He goes, subhanAllah. He goes, is that what Salat is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why are we not tasting that? We beg our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala to also taste the sweetness of this most exalted form of worship about which our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Salah is the best of what is prescribed. Thus he who is able to perform a great deal of it, then let him happily do so. Mm-hmm. This is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, Tabarani in his Ausad, Hassan, Hakim in his Mustadrak, Sahih. So look what the Prophet said, it is the best of what is prescribed. So out of all of the physical deeds, the blessed deed which is the most beloved to the Almighty and Glorious is Salah. So that by itself should make you obsessed with it. If you look at all the deeds we can do, millions. If somebody goes, what's the greatest deed, physical deed we can do? He goes, Salah. So even without going through any other reports, I need to put my energy in that. Then the Prophet explains, He who is able to perform a great deal of it, let him happily do so. Meaning, get the most of this glorious deed. Sayyidina Anas, his enthusiasm for Salah was such, 
that it once got the better of him. And Umar had to intervene. In Al-Dayluri, Shaykh al-Bani authenticates it in his Tahdirul Sajid, page 26. Sayyidina Anas, he said, I was once offering Salat close to a grave. When Umar ibn al-Khattab saw me, and he called out, Al-Qabr, Al-Qabr, the grave, the grave. I immediately looked up at the sky because I thought he said Al-Qamr, Al-Qamr, the moon, the moon. So let's look at this. So this is an authentic report. Sheikh Al-Bani authenticates it in his work, Tahdeer uh, Al-Sajid, uh, page 26. So what was the one thing that he was doing which was not correct, Anas, at the time? He was offering Salat close to a grave. So are we allowed to pray, pray in graveyards? No. The Prophet prohibited praying in graveyards. There's some uh, scope for the funeral prayer because there's no prostration. But the obligatory and the normal natural prayer you should not offer in the graveyards. So he's offering close to a grave. So Umar was the padlock to the fitna. He didn't allow these things to take place. He just cried out and he had a thunderous voice. We know this. He goes, Al-Qabr, Al-Qabr, the grave. So Anas goes into shock. And and <laughs> it sounds like Al-Qabr. So he thought Umar was saying, there's been an eclipse. So he goes, I looked at the moon. So what does that tell you? He loved Salah too much. Sometimes he would do it at a place where it wasn't appropriate to do it. So Nur Umar, there again, always you know, prowling as they say, making sure people were on track. The reason, as is but obvious, is that an ignorant passerby could think that Sayyidina Anas could be offering Salah to the occupant of the grave. So obviously we know with knowledge that he's not doing that. But people who are ignorant might think this. This is why we're not allowed to pray in the grave. So there's also a report. The hadith is in Tirmidhi and Mishkat. And the Prophet said, As-salatu burhanu. Salat is a proof. So it's part of a long report. But what does that mean? Salat is a proof. Proof of what? So the meaning is, it's a proof of your Iman. Now that's interesting. The proof's in the pudding, as they say. So we say, no, the proof's in Salat. <laughs> right? Pudding is for your tit. <laughs> right? The proof's right in Salat, because the Prophet said it. So your Salat is actually the, the result of all of the efforts you're making with your Iman. So when somebody says to you, my Iman is, Alhamdulillah, I think I've been blessed with a strong Iman, and he's flying through Salat, is he telling you the truth? <laughs> the proof's in his Salat. <laughs> but if you see another person, a bit wiser, and he goes, look, it's, it's a work in progress, but then you observe his Salat, and he's offering it, and he's in Khushu, that's the proof. <laughs> so go back to Anas. <laughs> his feet were bleeding. So somebody goes, because this is uh, the stratosphere, brother, right? His feet bleeding. So note, then you compare your own salat. And if your mindset is to just get it over and done with, that's the proof of your iman. Imagine Anas even hearing that. Because when you offer salat, what's your intention? It's further than I need to get it over and done with. He'd be horrified. He goes, shukul. Is this your shukul? And then he goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, talking about, is that your bliss? 
So note, all of the efforts we're making can be seen in Salat. If your Iman gets stronger, your Salat is affected. If your, salat, if your Iman gets weaker, you'll see it in your Salat. As mentioned earlier, his dedication to Salat could also be gauged from the following report. So I mentioned this, but I mentioned it again. In Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat, volume 7, page 21, Ali Isaba, volume 1, page 72, Ibn Abidunya in those whose supplications were answered, number 79, with a Sayyid Tiana transmission, Hafiz Laliqa'i in his Karamat al Oliya, page 35 of the English translation, Marif al Ahadith, volume 4, page 576 of the New English translation, Ayad al Sahaba, volume 4, page 634, and volume 5, page 563 to 4 of the New English translation. Thumama ibn Abdullah, he said, Rahmatullah, during the summer months, the caretaker of Anas Radiyallahu's orchard came to him complaining of drought. So, stopping the report, Anas, he moved to Basra later on in his life, Radiyallahu, and there was a drought there. The one who was looking after his orchard complained to him. Anas Radiyallahu thereupon sent for some water. He made wudu and started performing salah. Upon completion, he asked the caretaker to see if he could see anything in terms of clouds. The caretaker came and reported, I see nothing. Sayyidina Anas radiyallahu again returned indoors and started performing salah. Let's stop in the report. So what was the problem? There's no rain. What was the solution? Salat. Because change that is to us. Good salat. So he offered his salah. His salat, you know, imagine what state he's in. When he asks his caretaker, nothing, nothing happened. Did Anas get frustrated? Look what the report says. When the man reported he saw nothing, Anas again returned indoors, performed salah. It was after the third or fourth time of asking the man to look that he finally reported back, he had now seen a cloud the size of a bird's wing. Mm. So how many rakats has Anas offered? Eight or ten rakats, give or take. Mm. And now, after ten or eight, ten rakats, you know, you know, how big is the wing of a bird? It's about that much, or maybe that much in the sky. Mm. Anas radiyallahu anhu continued making salat and dua until the caretaker came and said, the sky has become overcast and the rain is now falling. Mm. Meaning, we don't know how many, how much more he offered, but eventually the rain came. Mm. Anna said to him, take the horse that Bishr ibn Shighaf al-Dabbi al-Basri had sent and see where the rain has reached. Mm. So stop in the report. So somebody had gifted him a horse or borrowed him a horse. He was a nobleman from Basra, his name is Bishr ibn Shighaf al-Dabbi. He goes, take that horse and see where it's rent. Now look how strange that question is. <laughs> Imagine it rains and, I, and you, I was to ask you, find out what is rent. What sort of a question is that? But anyway, he gets on his horse. When the man did as instructed, he discovered that the rain had not fallen further than Musayyideen and Ghadban areas, a place just outside of Basra it had thus fallen precisely on the land belonging to Anas. So imagine the man comes back and he's in shock now. He goes, it's only rained on your land. 
And the report stops, doesn't even mention what Anas you know, said, MashaAllah, SubhanAllah, nothing. <laughs> report finishes. So now that's the report. Is it authentic? Yes. Allahu Akbar. Who amongst us still does the same? Persisting in our nawafil salat until our needs are eventually fulfilled. Straight away, feeble thoughts go through the head. And this is what you're experiencing now, probably. They were companions. Who are we in comparison? Time is off on bike. I'll probably offer so many nawafil salats and at the end of it, nothing will happen. Time is off on bike. My iman is weak. Time is off on bike. It will be pointless for a sinful person like myself to even attempt it. So basically, why have narrated the report? Just for like stories, like the Bani Israel. Oh, subhanallah. There's too many subhanallah, subhanallah. You know, it's, I know it's people in subhanallah. Are you going to do it? Right? No, the one you saying subhanallah for. And the Bani Israel, the Prophet said, were destroyed because they resorted to stories. In Abu Nu'im al So these are not stories, right? These are lessons. The simple fact of the matter is that one will never know until one earnestly tries. Not forgetting that it took even the Honorable Sayyidina Anas three or four attempts before his dua was answered. Salah is indeed one of our choicest weapons. Let us therefore once again make use of this priceless gift once more. Now think about that. That Salat, was it for Akhirat or Dunya? Dunya. Imagine somebody asks you that question. You call up a Salat for Dunya? Salat for the Akhirat. Then you say, who told you that? He goes, brother, I'm telling you, Salat, you don't need a text for it. <laughs> don't need a text, so you just make things up. Then you narrate this report. Dunya or Akhirat. He goes, but it's technically Akhirat, isn't it? Well, don't do technicalities on that, right? There was no rain. The caretaker goes, look, we need rain. Your crops. And he resorted to Salat. And notice, you get this impression, he he loved Salat. You know, so imagine, let's put it bluntly. If Allah answered his dua straight away, maybe the reason Allah didn't answer his dua was because he wanted him to offer more Salat. That was the mindset. Where the opposite? No, what's happening? Is it worth me doing another two rakats? Because look at the contrast. He's loving to go back to it. You're dragging your feet. Then you start going, now I'm entering makru time. Makru time. Right? And how many rakats have you done? So, you know, subhanallah. And also, the best of examples. What was the most severest, one of the most severest tests that the Muslims experienced? It was in the battle of the trench. And how do we know that? Because there was three or four prayers which were um, prayed out of time. Zohar, Asad and Maghrib were all prayed out of time. The hadith is authentic in Nasai. So it's a very severe test. During that time, the Prophet told one of his companions to go and spy on the enemies outside. Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman. So when Hudayfa went to spy outside, he came back. And what was the Prophet doing? Salat. And then he threw his cloak over Hudayfa. So think about it. The most severest point he's offering Salat. And we don't even offer obligatory prayers. Think about that, innit? Right? We're ashiks. Ashiks of what? Your nafs. Right? And Salat is a proof. There's all your efforts. We can see in your Salat that we don't need bayans. 
You're offering salat, you're dragging your feet. What does that tell you about your iman? <laughs> Think about that. Kazayinge. <laughs> well, what's that about, brother? Kazayinge. And people say as if it's normal now. Well, Kazayi, brother. What did you kazay? Uh, Zor. Why did you kazay? Uh, because uh, I was busy. You were busy doing what? Allah Ta'ala brought you onto this earth to worship Him. What were you busy doing? <laughs> Shopping. What a lie, it's actually quite humorous if you think about that. So note Salat and also to wrap up Adam, ancient as humanity itself, Adam alayhi salatu wasalam once got a lump on his blessed being. The hadith in Abdul Razak in his Al Musannaf, Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al Musannaf, Kanzul Umal Hayat Sahaba Volume 4. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Abdullah ibn Rawaha and other Sahaba have believed, they all narrated this. And the report says, summarizing, that he got a kind of a, a lump on his on his blessed head or his neck. And then he offered Salat, Adam. So stop. How ancient is Salat? You know, people say, I wonder what the earliest humans did. They offered Salat with the... We're looking for you know pots and pans. They offered salat. Right? So he offered a salat and then the report says it moved. It didn't, you know, he wasn't cured. It moved, it went down. I don't know where it went to, but it went down and eventually moved to his chest, moved down to his hip, moved down to his knee, moved down to his foot, his toe, and then he left. And each and every time he was moving, he was offering salah. So what's interesting? Now you got a prophet of God. Allah Ta'ala doesn't cure him immediately. So what does that tell you about Salat? There's a, there's a secret. Allah Ta'ala loves that deed. He wants you to keep offering it. Even Adam, imagine. And he knew what was happening. And look how interesting it moved. So there's a huge difference. Nothing happened with Anas. Well, immediately he moved with Adam. So note, now we're discussing his worship. And notice when you go through the companions of the Prophet whenever you go through any part of their life, you actually start thinking that's all they did. You know, I mentioned very briefly yesterday his jihad during the campaigns. I went through it very quickly. But you get the impression that's all he did. <laughs> then you get his servitude to the Prophet. That's all he did. Then you get his, now we're talking about his salat and you're thinking, what would they were worshipping? You know, there's dust bowl to worship, not to build houses. Right? Allah Ta'ala is creating you to worship Him. We created the jinn and mankind so that they might worship or no. And what is the most exalted form of worship? Salat. This is why there's a hadith, the hadith um, in Deir Lami. And the Prophet said, if there was anything more beloved than Salat, Allah Ta'ala would have told the angels to do it. After Tawheed. If there was anything more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after Tawheed than Salat, Allah Ta'ala would have told the angels. Some angels, this is what one of the scholars said, Mulana Ashraf Ali Thani rahmatullahi in, in his work, uh, Heavenly Ornaments, some angels remain in one position of Salat. They're not allowed to move. So some are standing continuously in worship. Some are in Ruku, not allowed to move. Some are in Sujood, not allowed to move. He goes, look how honored we are. We are allowed to move from these positions. What would those angels do to go into the standing position when they're in ruku or in their sujood? 
So we just go through it as if it's like nothing. And the angels would, you know, they literally, you know, if they could come, they would, they would deprive you of salah. Just like tawaf the Prophet mentioned. Because Allah already said. So all I mentioned today was with regards to a glimpse now into his phenomenal worship, starting with, of course, the glorious deed of salah. Are there any questions? Let us are there, is there any prescribed prayer for droughts, you know, for rain or dua? Yes, like yes. There's a prayer called the prayer of istisqa, um, and it's a special prayer. The Prophet ﷺ, he symbolically he turned his cloak backwards, <laughs> and the reason he did that was to ask Allah Taala to turn the, you know, the the weather in their favor. And then he went out, and then he offered a prayer, and the prayer was quite a long prayer. And there's difference of opinion with regards to whether there is a prayer, but most scholars say there was a prayer. But they all agree that there was a du'a as well. <laughs> he made a du'a, sallallahu alayhi wa And this is a special prayer in times of need. It's called the prayer of uh, istisqa, the prayer for rain. And Umar also did this. During his khilafat, when there was the year of Ash, he finally prayed the prayer and the rain came. <laughs> Subhanallah. So there's a prayer specifically for this. Uh, this report, I believe, with Anas, was one man asked... A companion and it was for his land so he was the personal prayer I don't know whether it was the actual prayer of rent but uh, Allah Ta'ala knows best any other questions Subhanallah <laughs>